Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to the Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. Ben Roethlisberger in the shotgun. Connor stands to his right. Nance McDonald redeploys to the right side. Uh Uh-oh, high snap over his head. He's going back to field it. And the Browns come up with, no, they had it, lost it. Big pile up in the end zone, and the Browns have it for the touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. High snap by Pouncey, and then Ben couldn't field it. It went into the end zone, and Carl Joseph, the fifth-year strong safety out of West Virginia, pounced on it. And that quickly, the Browns have a 7-0 lead. Everybody, welcome inside the DVE studios. I'm Missy Matthews. Welcome to the point after. Joined tonight by Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley for our finale of the point after. And there you heard the first play and where things started to go downhill on Sunday night. Uh, the wild card round, the Steelers hosting the Browns, and of course the Browns winning 48 to 37. And Billy, this is one of those ones that I'm still shaking my head in disbelief of what transpired at Heinz Field. I said to myself, uh, they'll recover. Okay, it was an accident, and yeah. all right, spot the Brown seven, let's let's play football. Um, it took them a long time to start playing football, and by then it was, frankly, too late. And, and the frustrating thing was for everybody who watched it from the Steelers' perspective, every time you draw close or close enough, you let the Browns come down yeah. and score again. And that happened late in the second quarter, which I think was a very damaging touchdown before uh, the Steelers were able to put up that field goal. But still, uh, you know, it, it was failure on everybody's part. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching, it was a failure. You know what was amazing about it yeah. was the play, had they run the play, which was a handoff to James, it was excellently blocked. I think James would have been – at least a first down before anybody got near him, you know, and that ball went whistling back and miles Garrett and two other Browns and Carl Joe, there was, I mean, James, Ben and three Browns all had a shot at that ball. And it was Carl Joseph that, uh, you know, came away with it, obviously, but it was amazing. You know, the, the next series, 
James came back, and I think he ran the ball for three or four yards on the very play that they had run when they yeah. snapped it overhead. But it was a shame because that first time, had he actually gotten the handoff, he would have whistled that ball up there. So, you know, uh, one thing that I admire about Ben was when they played the soft zone, Ben completed a lot of passes. I completed 500 uh, yards of passes and uh, uh, uh how many touchdowns? Uh, four. 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 And for Touch- the sake of journalistic integrity, it was yeah. 501. Four <laughs> touchdowns. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I admired him. And he was throwing the ball well. And I felt that they were going to come back and take the lead, but they didn't do it. Mm. The four interceptions, uh, you know, you can't leave that part out of the stat line. And I think, Billy, that was also what was just so hard. Uh, you kind of mentioned it, but the non-complimentary football. You know, they they just could not play off of each other in terms of offense and defense. Um, and it was re- a really hard game to watch. They, one interception was batted. Another one was tipped. Yeah. Uh, ben had a lot of balls batted this year. Did you? I mean, I don't know what the stats are. Yeah. But it just, my impression was that he had a lot of. Well, it was especially during the time period when he, a lot of the RPOs were coming out. He was throwing right. the ball fast. He was getting it out. In almost less than two seconds. I mean, it was and teams were yeah, leaping and instead and of just, rushing. Yeah, they're yeah. just trying to you know play volleyball there. You, you know, um, Billy, uh, when uh, the ball comes out quick, the defensive line jumps up to bat it down. Yeah, and oh. exactly. But the the thing that I, I I found the hardest thing was trying to explain to people because if, unless you've been in one of those those games where it goes immediately bad right from the get-go. Right. Like in 89, when they yeah. they scored 17 points on us. And every time we turned around, it was a, it was a pick six coming back. It was a fumble. It was our defense. I mean, there's it's like you, you're, you're trying – you look at each other in the huddle and you're trying to say, what's going on? And, you know, we got to pull this together. And there is a look of panic coming over everybody because right. every as hard as you try – it makes it worse. It doesn't make things better. It's it's a weird feeling, and it is one of those games that, in twelve years, that was absolutely the worst game I can think. Yeah, and and my and we weren't a whole lot better the next week. Right, but right, right, right. That's uh, a story. That time for another story. You know, um, uh, Clay Matthews scored two touchdowns yeah. in that game. It was horrible. He he made an interception and uh, uh, pick six. He and was then, everywhere. It was like then, Batman. And then he. Uh, Picked up a fumble and he ran it to the end zone. And uh, when when he was on the line of scrimmage, he was saying, "They're coming right here! They're coming right here!" <laughs> it was bad, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, and but then, it wasn't a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't a playoff. Well, game. Uh, and we got into the playoffs. Right, but year. it wasn't a playoff game. Yeah, thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. Well, so uh, uh, we lost fifty-one to nothing, and then forty-five to ten, Cincinnati. The next week, we got better. Yeah, <laughs> and there was we, only one way to go. And then we lost. And then we beat uh, Minnesota, uh, the Vikings, right, the third uh, game. Yeah, the the third meeting in the postseason between the Steelers and the Browns. That record for the Steelers now two and one. Um, what do you think went wrong, Billy? Uh, you know, we played the first snap, and it felt like it was just the snowball effect. And like you said, you kept thinking, okay, they're going to come back. But is there anything, you know, kind of less than 24 hours, I guess, at this point removed that you can just say, wow, okay, maybe. I know hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe there was an attitude 
uh, shared by everybody on the team, we should beat these guys. Uh, and that's been an attitude for a long time because yeah. it's been fact. And uh, this time it wasn't going to happen. Uh, just because you should doesn't mean you will. And just because you want to doesn't mean that you will. Yeah. And I, I just, they, they got into a funk and never really recovered until it was much too late. You and know, like I say, when they had a chance to get within striking distance, they'd let them go down and score again. And you know, it wasn't just a running game. It was the passing game. And I remember uh, one pass that Nick Chubb caught. There was nobody in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got 21 yards. And, you know, if, if they can get away with stuff like that, it's just not your night, and it wasn't the Steelers' night. And, again, maybe the attitude was we should beat these guys. Mm. No, that's not enough. Yeah. You know, Billy, uh, I had uh, extreme confidence. I, 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 you know, I was uh, uh, daydreaming that uh, Baker Mayfield was uh, uh, not very confident because uh, Kevin Stefanski wasn't playing. And then, uh, or uh, coaching, and then uh, uh, Billy Callahan and uh, his assistant uh, Scott Peters. Scott Peters, who was going to coach the offensive line? Right, the equipment manager. Yeah, yeah, they were down a few assistants. Yeah, they were. They I, were. I didn't pay too much attention to the Browns warming up, but as soon as that first snap went the wrong way, you could just tell their sideline was juiced. You know, these are, this is a team that literally has not practiced uh, in almost two and a half weeks. Like you said, their head coach is watching the game in his basement in Cleveland. Uh, There were so many things that you just said, okay, the Steelers are going to win this. And they took that underdog mentality that we so many times have seen the Steelers do, Uh, you know, even in the beginning of this year, think about how much, you know, during that 11 game winning streak where it was, well, everyone said that, you know, the Browns or the Ravens are going to win the AFC North and had us, you know, teetering with Cincinnati and they use that as fuel. And I think that's kind of what the Browns did last night too. And I was really uh, upset by the fact that we didn't sack Baker Mayfield. Right. And uh, (laughs) If you let him sit back there in the easy chair, he's going to hurt you. Yeah. And he did. A couple of times we had shots at him, but he got away. He did indeed. I mean, you think about it, 56 sacks this year, 136 quarterback hits. And I don't think they even touched him in the pocket. They might have grazed him the one time Ola came around the corner, got a hand on his back. In the second half. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, I think that was it. I know that they didn't hit him while he was in the pocket. You know, know, Bruce Gretkowski, when we had uh, him – uh, interviewed on Friday, he said that short quarterbacks love the play-action pass and love to roll out. So Baker was doing that, and well, he yeah, and, but he dropped back so much. Everything yeah. was dropped back. Yeah. I, that's what surprised me. I thought, okay, we're going to see more of the reverse rollout, the boot. Like that's what we expected. Yeah, you know, and it didn't happen. They dropped straight back, and he threw a lot over the middle. Those quick outs. Sometimes throwing the screen to Chubb that he scored on, mm. on the blitz, you know, yeah. and it was, it, it just, it did not turn out at all the way I anticipated or, or thought it would go. He he moved around in the pocket well. He did move around the pocket, and, yes. Uh, and he, uh, he uh, but I was surprised. threw the ball well. No, none of the bootlegs, you know, because normally you, you're going to, if you press the bootlegs and you don't run a one of the end of men and man on the line up the field, he's going to kill you. So yeah. you, you do that. Well, then they come with the cutback, and they'll kill you with that. So you've got to always make that judgment. 
and they just didn't press the the bootleg at all but one time i i can remember yeah so did you agree with the Steelers' defensive game plan to really go in there and try to stop the rub, the run, obviously, with oh, Nick yeah. Chubb? You have to. Yeah. I mean, you can't even begin to think of doing anything other than you got to shut down the run. Yeah. If you don't shut down that run, Chubb is going to kill you. So uh, they, they rushed for 127 yards. Chubb, 76. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, 48. And Kareem Hunt, uh, uh, I know you don't like him. But he scored two touchdowns. I didn't say I didn't like him. I said I like Chubb better. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I found amazing was they ran the trap. They ran the power, which I was amazed. Wyatt Teller, he drilled Cassius Marsh the first time. Yeah. Drove him into the ground. And the second time, Marsh saw him coming all the way later on in the quarter, and he, he didn't do any better. I mean, Teller just totaled him, so. All right, well, we have plenty to talk about, of course, here on The Point After. We're going to take everybody up till the 8 o'clock hour, but now it is time for our electrifying moment of the game brought to you by IBEW Local Number 5. Um, I can't imagine anybody has a positive electrifying moment of the game, so who would like to go first tonight? I can do it. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I did like Chase Claypool, the 29-yarder in the second half. I love the way he ran it. It was a skinny of a skinny post. And while I'm eating pizza, it makes me think of the skinny <laughs> post. <'cause that's, laughs> the fact comfort was, food. Yes, comfort food. He beat Robert Jackson, which they abused last week. Uh, he got inside and got there before Carl Joseph could close. It was a great throw by Ben, and uh, I thought it was a, it was a great route by Claypool. Uh, I love Juju uh, Smith Schuster. He was uh, he caught uh, he caught 13 passes, mm-hmm. 157 yards. Uh, in a TD, and uh, he was tougher than Woodpecker Lips mm-hmm. yesterday. I'm going to go the other way. Uh, the interception uh, by Stewart after it suddenly was 7 nothing, and I think it just fueled the Browns. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, we go up double digits here. We can, um, we can beat this team. And that, to me, was that, well. You're talking I, about it, the first interception? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, you know, they gave him the 46-yard field. Okay, uh, we didn't like the fact that, uh, you know, they, they got, what, a 16-yard pass. And then, of course, uh, Mayfield to, uh, who, who caught it? Landry. Yeah. And nobody tackled him. It reminded me of that uh, pass in Denver, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, Demarius and I, Thomas. And Taylor never the tackled Tebow him. Game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Tebow game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and it was left to right, almost the same type of deal. And so that, you know. That was a situation. That interception just kind of lit things up for the visitors, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't remember uh, who was it that said it on our pregame show heading into the game. You know, the Steelers have to start fast. Don't give the Browns a reason right. to think that they can <laughs> hang around. And as this is all happening before my eyes, I'm thinking, oh, no, that's, you know, the exact opposite. Yeah, we we talked about that. Wait, uh, yeah, we're going to start our plea. Yeah. Start fast. Start right fast. fast. You know, um, well. Uh, Missy, you know, I don't like resting guys. Uh, I don't like resting, resting, uh, pounce, uh, TJ, uh, uh, Ben, you know, we didn't get rested. Uh, that's what this is really about. Yeah. Yeah. But you did just get some pizza. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That works. All right. We will talk about that because I know Tunch, you have much more to say about that decision for the week 17 game. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the point after we'll be right back. 
back to the point after on DVE. We didn't do enough. Um, we didn't position them in enough good circumstances. We didn't make enough plays, um, particularly in the critical moments. Um, you know, we were a group that died on the vine. Welcome back to The Point After, everybody. Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Oaken, and Craig Wolfley taking you till 8 o'clock tonight to recap the Steelers' loss in the wild card round to the Browns, uh, our least favorite show of the year. It's never fun when it ends. And Tunch, uh, before we went into the last break and we all finished up our pizza, uh, you were talking about the decision to rest guys week 17 to airmail them to the postseason, as Coach Tomlin called it. Uh, do you feel like that did play a factor into last night's game? Yeah, I felt that uh, they were rusty. I felt like Pounce was rusty. I felt like uh, uh, Ben was rusty. And I felt like T.J. Watt was rusty because he didn't get any sacks. Uh, and, uh, you know, the when you rest guys, they, they kind of rust up. And, uh, you know, we never got rested. No. Yeah. No, we... No, we didn't. Yeah. We were a pretty beat up group by the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but then again, mostly everybody was back then. You know? Yeah. Everybody was of the same mindset. Yeah. It was a different era. But certainly you wonder, the one thing about it was just, again, the, the slow starting effect. I, I, I just, trying to figure out how you overcome that, how, where you overcome that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing to me. Yeah. You look at the two teams, uh, Pittsburgh scored 62 first quarter point, points prior to last night, and the Browns scored 63. I mean, there's not exactly two teams that lighted up from the mm-hmm. get-go. And, uh, boy, you talk about the Browns lighting up from the 28 get-go. 28 points in the yeah. first quarter last night. It was amazing. Yeah, and uh, Pounce uh, snapped it over his head. Right. right. And I don't, I don't think he would have uh, snapped it over his head if he played last week. Well, maybe, maybe not. It's hard to say. You might be right. You know, I don't know. Uh I know what solves it, though. Yeah. You take the snap from under center. <laughs> there you go. Billy, do you feel like uh, the Steelers were in a little bit of shock, especially when it was 28 nothing after the first quarter, and you are trying to figure out how to just put points on the board at this point and get the Browns offense off the field in terms of the defense? They were in shock. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. And um, it, you, you, shouldn't have let it, you shouldn't have let it affect your play, but it does. I mean, they're human beings. And they're going, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And when you have that in the huddle, offensive or defensive, uh, good things are probably not going to happen. I don't know. I, to Tunch's point about resting, you know, this team went through the COVID thing uh, and had to adjust to other people's problems. Uh, and as a result, really didn't have a bye week. I mean, they did, but they were accidental bye weeks. And, right. and and so maybe from a mental standpoint, having to deal with the COVID thing and also the, 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 the lack of a bye week, uh, maybe Mike Tomlin felt that certain guys needed a mental rest, yeah. uh, which shouldn't account for snapping the ball over somebody's head. I mean, let's face it, Tunch, I, I guess uh, Keith practiced yeah. a couple of days during the week. And so, you know, I, there's just no excuse for that. But uh, I don't know. I, Yeah. You know, Chuck, when, when you get into a 28 nothing hole, a little bit of reality sets in. Like, what do we have to do to overcome this? Yeah. And you can't score 28 points on one drive. Yeah. It's got to be accumulate an accumulative effect, and it never got to that point. You know, and uh, Chuck wouldn't rest us. 
So we were intense. Uh, we were focused. Uh, we were practicing hard. And uh, we we uh, got in fights uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, but, you know, the whole thing about it is I can understand because you don't want to go in. You don't want to chance Ben if Ben is nicked up. There's there's mitigating circumstances. And, again, it's a new era NFL. It's not when, you know, the Yorks and Elves and Middle Earth were, you know, battling, doing all that sort of thing <laughs> back in our day. You know, uh, it simply is just a fact of the matter of a new NFL. But um, – you look at the Browns. They didn't. They didn't practice at all. Basically, yeah. I mean, they had a couple of walkthroughs. And how you don't have your head coach there, you don't have your signal caller there. But Alex Van Pelt uh, is now going to, you know, be uh, the the play caller. And there's no timeouts burned. There's there's no delay, you know, of, game. delay of games and none of those things. You know, manifested itself. I found it remarkable that they, they were there was such a smooth transition. And I got to tell you something. I, I got done watching the tape again today. Mike Dunn did not play bad. Right. That guard that they put in that hadn't started a game yet, I watched him. I went, they better sign him, you know, to a longer deal or something. The, kid, the kid's the kid got some ability to play. So when we played uh, the, uh, the Raiders out in uh, the playoffs, uh, we were uh, in, in practicing in California. We were we we uh, got in a big brawl at well, the end of the practice. Probably one of the reasons why we lost too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was just one of those. It was that physical time of year, absolutely. But it just was, um, you know, watching last night again, trying to express to people when the, when that that snowball, that avalanche starts to roll downfield, trying to figure out how to put a stop to digging a hole for yourselves because that's what they did. They kept digging a hole. Worse and worse. And I know the first thing to do is, you know, when you're digging a hole for yourself, stop digging. Well, they're trying to help themselves, and they couldn't. I think the running game, or lack thereof, caught up yeah. with the Steelers. Uh, case in point, okay, the snap, it's 7 nothing. Okay, interception, they have the short field, and they score. But, you know, you still have 9.48 left of the first quarter and a lot of time uh. to do something about it. But here's the running game. Connor <sighs> picks up six. Connor picks up three. It's third and one. You bring in the jumbo package, and Derek Watt can't get the first down. Right. Lack of a running game. You punt. First and 10 at the 35, Chubb runs for 17. First and 10 at the 48, Chubb runs for 20. Right. And we weren't getting plays like that. Our longest run was 11 yards last night. Yeah. And and I think the running game, if you're going to start a point fingers, that's where you start. Yeah, we, we didn't stop the run, and we didn't run the ball. Well, you know, the traps, again, they did a good job on. I was surprised they ran more traps than I thought that they would. I thought yeah. they would do a lot more of the inside-outside zone things, and they did that too. But Baker, Baker again, surprised me. You know, I mean, he really was efficient with the ball. Right. He didn't put the ball in harm's way. He protected it, did a good job there. Chubb is just, you know, Kareem Hunt is excellent too, but I, I just – Chubb just is a special kind of talent, and I, not that Hunt isn't. Hunt's got some qualities that Chubb doesn't have, and more so probably in the pass catching area, right? And his uh, some of the explosive plays. But Chubb is just really tough to bring down. The kid's got great vision; he sees things and he accelerates through the hole and does a nice job. Especially in the second half, when the Steelers, as you said, Billy, started to make it interesting, and you're going, "Okay, maybe." Maybe they can do this. You know, they were chipping away, and it, it seemed to be well, at least back, yeah. heading in the right direction. 
um, you were almost waiting for Baker to implode. You know, he did that a few times this season. The Cowboys was one game. There was another game. I can't remember which one of theirs uh, where you were like, they're not used to hanging around with that lead and not letting a team come back in. And you think, okay, Ben, this is, he is the comeback king. Um, but going back to Tunch's point about resting the guys, I, I think too, it's also important to remember that it's also a pandemic, you know, and we knew that Joe Hayden had tested positive. We knew there were close contacts. I think that it was also a matter of, obviously he was resting them physically, but they didn't even go to Cleveland. It's like, okay, let's not have them go on the COVID-19 list as well. And I, I going back at the Steelers practice report from last week, Ben and Pouncey practiced every day, which normally they don't practice on Wednesday. A few days, you know, a few times in the latter portion of the season, they didn't practice a lot on Thursdays mm-hmm. either, just as a coach's decision. So I, I, they did get in a full week of practice. So I, I don't know. I guess I can see both sides. I get where Tunch is coming from. But at the same time, like Billy said, no true bye week. Um, you know, every single one of them, TJ Watt, Ben Roethlisberger, all said how much more rejuvenated they felt from having that little bit of rest as, you know, as much as possible heading into the playoffs. So, I don't know. I, you know, you think if they did win, you'd say, well, that was the best decision for them. It worked. Yeah. So, I feel like you can always, you know. Well, understand, too, that Tunch and I, we walked uphill to the practice field in snow, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, both going up and coming back. At training camp, so I mean that's the way it was back and, in the day. And, and, and we Snow at training camp, and, and we when we played on grass, we walked to the practice field. Where there's a parking lot now, and it's uh, it's a long walk. Yeah, and you slept in an unair conditioned dorm. Yeah, because <laughs> oh, I've slept in that guys. same dorm. Oh, yeah. yeah, boy, did that stink. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, I think uh, one of the unfortunate lasting memories I, we will all have of that game since we were there in person uh, was just watching Ben Roethlisberger before the game was even over, helmet still on, mm. sitting on the bench by himself, eventually his center, Marquise Pouncey. You know, the two guys that have said, when the time is done, we're both going out together, sitting next to him. And I was telling you guys before we went on air, NFL films had a boom mic and a camera. And for what it's worth, they did um, release a little portion of it today on Twitter where, you know, Ben is basically the tears are coming down his face. You can just hear in his voice. It is, you know, not the usual Ben that you hear the commanding leader. And he's basically apologizing to Pouncey and saying, you know, I wanted to do this for you. I feel worse for you than I do for myself. Um, I guess, what do you guys take away when you, you go back and think of that moment, Billy? When, you know, uh, when Wolf and I, uh, in 83, got whooped up by the Raiders, we were sitting on the bench, uh, not crying, but sad. Oh, you were crying. I yeah. seen you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to cry. All right. Uh, it's, uh. Go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just going to make the point, and, you know, it came out today on social media that uh, somebody thinks that Marquise Pouncey may be thinking about retirement. But I think he and, wow. ben, he and ben have said that they're, they're going to go out together. And Ben hasn't said a word about retirement. But uh, this offseason is going to be interesting because, right. number one, Ben gets the $41.2 million next year, the last year of his contract. Okay, um, does he want to play again? And then I'm sure the Steelers are going to say, well, if you want to play, you're going to have to give up a lot of money right. so that we have money under the cap. 
because we have some pressing needs with people we don't want to lose. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, unfortunately every season ends with a thud yeah. unless you win it all. Uh, and when the season ends, these questions are they come right to the front. Right. All right. Who's going to stay? Who's going to be gone? And it's something you have to think about. Well, remember, you know, Ben had said the same thing in a in a sense to Jerome Bettis. You know, back when Bussy was thinking about retiring after, you know, they they ended their playoff run there, and he said, "Come on back, I, you know, we can get it, we can get you, I can get you over." I mean, Ben was was pretty adamant about that, talking right. to Jerome, and what a story that would would not have been written had <laughs> Jer- Jerome decided to retire the year before. I mean, that's a storybook ending, man. Yeah, and that uh, Hines uh, talked him out of it too. Hines was crying because uh, uh, Bussy was going to retire, right. and uh, Hines talked him out of it. <laughs> Dale Lolly was the one that wrote an article, um, just some of his 10 thoughts. It's something he does after every game. He did tweet a few hours ago. To be clear, I did not report that Marquise Pouncey is officially retiring. I did report that it certainly appeared that he is. He'll make that official announcement on his own. That was just part of my column from yesterday's game well you know i mean you you'll look at the two as they're sitting there and you know that they're having that moment i mean they definitely they're they're, they're very simpatico they're, very, they're close buds and uh, that special relationship a quarterback and a center i mean those two communicate so well and have for so many years and it's that situation where you're you're looking at it and you know ben's already sitting like you know you got a couple of rings well would have been nice you know you want to get marquis he, he missed the super bowl is right here you know, it's not that he didn't have a ring. It's just that, it's, you know, he didn't play in it. And it's, so it's – it's uh, Well, it's, even 45, Pouncey got hurt in the game, the AFC Championship game against Green Bay. He didn't play in that Super Bowl. That's 43 or 45? 45. 45. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I got 43 it. Steelers lost, but I'm saying Pouncey yes. didn't even play in that right. game. Okay. And I remember um, going back to the AFC Championship – when they lost in New England, we had interviewed Pouncey heading in there because he had never played in That's an right. AFC championship game. And, you know, that was when. That's part of the headbutts that we didn't get a rest from. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day. But it's hard not to think back. You know, that was well, when is. Le'Veon was here, Antonio, and just what that Steelers offense did. And the defense wasn't what they have now. Ryan Shazier got hurt around. You know, there was so many things that you. Think the what if game, um, and I know everybody's eyes were glued on Ben and Pounce last night because you're just thinking, is this it? You, would, you know, were they really crying? Ben was, yeah. Uh, not Pounce. Uh, Pounce was definitely a little emotional. He, you could even tell. Again, they only released the little snippet of the video. Right. Yeah. Uh, they do a, a show that has all mic'd up different things from throughout the league. I think it airs either tomorrow or Wednesday, but you could tell Pounce was taking a few of those like. Yeah. Deep breaths, like just you know, sucking in the motion. And they're they're at Heinz Field. They're at their, right. you know, uh, it, that that was sad to watch. It was. Well, it, it takes me back to Brett Kiesel a number of years ago. Um, Kiesel, his final game at Heinz Field. And I actually, I was on the field at, doing the sideline thing. And I had him afterwards, like, we interview players on the field. And I remember he was looking around and the players were walking off. And I can't remember what year it was, but it was walking off. And I said, well, I, I know what you're thinking, and, I, I you know, if you had any last thoughts, do you have any? But I don't expect you to answer because <laughs> you could tell he was 
becoming emotional, emotional. which he saw. Yeah, it's that last moment. I remember hanging out and feeling, you know, really wondering uh, after in 89 at the Denver airport after we lost in the playoffs out in Denver and we were waiting for the plane. I was sitting right. with Chaluchin with Tom Moore, you know, and I little did I know that a couple months later I'd be heading off to Minnesota. And Tom you know, Moore had a, heading right. off to Minnesota. Absolutely. So it's, you know, the, the bonds that you have in football are so deeply entwined because of the blood, sweat, and tears right. that are, are associated with it. I've never played in a professional sport. I've never put on pads in a meaningful way, except for Sandlot. <laughs> but I do know, having observed over the years what I've observed, that the toughest thing for a professional athlete is to retire. Right. Because all of that glory and all of that camaraderie and all of those bondings that you've developed, they go away instantly. Yeah. And what you miss, uh, the guys. Yeah. You, what you miss most is the guys. In the inner city, uh, inner circle parking pass. Right. You know, at the stadium. <laughs> You'll miss that, too. What's that? We'll <laughs> <laughs> tell you about it later, Billy. <laughs> All right. We're going to take one more break here on The Point After. We will be right back. You're listening to WDVE. Back to The Point After on DVE. We didn't perform well enough tonight. I'm not coaching, not playing. You know, you can, you can chalk it up to the turnover game, but... You know, we weren't good enough in a lot of other areas of communication in terms of detail. It's not a good night for us. And in the single elimination tournament, we don't have a good night to go home. We understand that. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight for the finale of The Point After Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley taking you until 8 o'clock. And as we've said throughout this many times, Billy, this is the worst part of the season because – you know what happens next is the business side of football. The games are fun. Uh, watching the team, of course, you know, it was a challenging year for everybody. Uh, we were broadcasting out of Heinz Field for home and away games. Uh, made it happen, but the next steps are not going to be pretty for the Steelers. No, it's nobody likes change, and you're going to have uh, change, and probably because the way this season ended, more change than otherwise would have happened. And uh, those changes will take place at just about every level. I hope it's not at the general manager level. Yeah. I, I hope, and I, I think I know uh, uh, Kevin Colbert well enough to know that he's a Pittsburgh guy and he's yeah, very he comfortable here. And I think they want him to stay. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that he only signs a one-year deal, which I'm a proponent of, by the way. Uh, I've worked on nothing but one-year deals well, we, we for the past one, 15 years. Yeah, we worked on one-year deals, too. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, at one point in time when I did television work, yeah, you had to sign for five years. Um, I'm a proponent of one-year deals. And I'm also a proponent of I don't even sign the line. If we shake hands, we have a contract. But, you know, I'm kind of maybe old school that way. Uh, but uh, Kevin, I think, stays in place. Obviously, Coach Tomlin stays in place, but there will be some coaching changes, I'm sure. Uh, maybe some uh, not under the control of management. Maybe some guys want to go somewhere else yeah. and have the opportunity, and you can't hold them back. But uh, give us the list of players who are, are up for free agency, and maybe we can kind of go through and kick the can around and see what happens. 
Okay, this is unofficial. Uh, this was not released by the team. This is me just trying to keep list and, you know, know. Obviously, the draft class that includes James Conner, TJ Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cam Sutton. They picked up TJ's fifth-year option, but at some point, you're going to have to sign TJ to a long-term deal. Uh, you know, it's similar to what happened with Bud, and Bud is one of those guys that will be an unrestricted free agent. Alejandro Villanueva, Avery Williamson, Cam Sun, I mentioned uh, Cassius Marsh, who they had just signed, who played a lot yesterday after Alex Highsmith got hurt. Chris Wormley, um, that one, I'm not sure. I, for some reason, I thought it was a two-year deal when they made the trade, but I could, I, I'd could. i have to go back and look. Um, J. Ron Elliott, Gerald Hawkins, Jordan Berry, Jordan Dangerfield, Josh Dobbs, uh, Matt Filer, Mike Hilton, uh, Sean Davis, Tyson Aluolo, and also Zach Banner, who, remember, earned that job and unfortunately got hurt. And, you know, he's been posting a lot about his rehab. So what jumps out to me at the list, guys, is the O-line. And, you know, we just talked in the last segment about what is Marquise Pouncey going to do. Um, but then it's also a number of guys here as well. It's going to be interesting because, you know, David's getting up in years, too. Uh, David and uh, Al are, like you said, they're they're copacetic and simpatico buddies. Um, it's they it's carpool, a, they yeah. carpool to work together. We did too. Yeah, and yeah. I. I mean, you know, it, it's the way it is. It's the business end of what you're doing, and you, uh, you know, you have spent a lot of time kicking things back and forth as you're going about your business, and it, it is just that natural progression of friendship and the uh, the fact that you you know you're out on the field together and and going at it and it, that that sort of thing can be tough to overcome and you've got to dip sit back and make a judgment and you it, know when uh, uh, Megan was born uh, we, 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 I, we uh, visited May uh, we visited uh, Beth and uh, uh, and uh, Wolf and he was laying on the bed. Well, explain what happened. Yeah, it was a hard Wednesday practice. Yeah, okay? and it was in it was during that you know the Indian summer when it's like ninety degrees yeah. out. Yeah, so it's like September. So I'm in the room, right? And so they they make my wife get up and and walk the hall. You know, you walk and stuff like that. Well, I'm looking around and I'm you know I'm exhausted from two and a half hours of practice and I'm dehydrated and everything. And I'm sitting there and there's no no comfortable chair. It's just like a a chair. I'm I'm afraid I'm going to crush it. So I'm like, I'm thinking, well, if she's walking the hall, I'll just lay down in the bed. <laughs> so I lay down in the bed, and in, in walks Mr. Knucklehead over there. He goes, you fat pig, get out of the bed. What you do, make your wife go walk out? Get up and get out? <laughs> she's killing me. Something only best friends could say to each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. This O-line of 2020 has to take some ownership of the lack of the running yeah. game. It has to. Sure. And no I don't question. know. Individually, where you point the fingers, but collectively, they didn't get it done. Yeah, that's and, well said about it. And and uh, if uh, I, I think the uh, the OTAs and the mini camps are they're going to be focusing on the run game. Well, they need to. You know, I mean, re- recalibrating the offense and creating more of a balance. Uh, yeah. No matter what you do, and no matter how great Ben is, and and the things that he can do, uh, I think you need a vibrant running game to offset some of the things that you depend on Ben to do. You know, I mean, you see Baker and some of the scrambling. Well, a good running game can help you in that area. Uh, The fact that, uh, you know, you've got a short passing game. Yeah, you can use that at times, but you can't rely on that solely. Mm -mm. You know, and the play-action pass needs to come back. And I think, again, 
under center, and I know everybody's yelling about the fact that I'm uh, an old guy, but you know I do like some of the fullback stuff. I'm not saying you have to have a fullback all the time. And by the way, Derek Watt is also pretty good as an H back. You know, he could even be used as an inline tight end if you need to. A guy's, you know, it's not like you sit there and go, oh, it's a fullback only offense. It's not that. You know, you can use him in a variety of ways. In terms of the O-line last night, uh, Matt Filers came back after being on IR. He played at left guard where, you know, a lot of people had said Kevin Dotson, the rookie, was doing a great job. I know you guys really think Kevin Dotson has a future with this offensive mm-hmm. line. Uh, what did you think about that decision, and did that play into anything that happened? No, I don't, other than the two penalties. Now, Matt had two penalties. The yeah. holding call I thought was bogus. Right. I mean, if you watch Wyatt Teller, Wyatt Teller gets away with more hugs than a than a pre-pandemic <laughs> yeah. Walmart hugger. All right, I'm serious. The guy absolutely engulfs people, and and I I can't understand it. But anyhow, you got Matt, who the defensive lineman that he had made a move towards Ben as Ben was breaking some of the you know the pocket area, and it wasn't much of a pull at all. And I was like, you got I was offended by it personally. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've done much better in holding than that. Yeah. And not been called, you know, get Zooks, man. There's your next book. The Art art of Holding. The Art of Holding. (laughs) Habeas Gravis. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's a good title. Yeah. Also, Robert Spillane was another one that came off of IR. Uh, He kind of went back into his spot with Vince Williams. We did see Avery Williamson a little bit. Uh, What did you guys think about him? He he looked a little rusty. You know, I I, I liked the young man a lot. Um, He... uh, Showed me a lot, of course, early on with Derrick Henry, that boom he dropped on him. Uh, he got the the boom dropped on him one time and, and got, you know, Kareem Hunt took him over the goal yeah. line and, and ran over him. Yeah. You know. I remember Spillane uh, tagged uh, Kareem Hunt once. Right, but Kareem evened it out. Yeah. So. I, I thought Billy, um, you know, when Devin Bush went down, we knew that that was not great for the Steelers' defense. But like Wolf said, Robert Spillane stepped up, but I think, you know, as the season wore on, you realized how much they missed him as the green dot guy, the communicator, and just what he brings the unicorn. to Yeah, I mean, he is he's the Ryan Shazier of that defense. The and Bash as, brothers. And as much as we saw Alex Highsmith develop late in the season, uh, he's not Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you add that up. Along than where Bud was early on. Yeah, you know, but you're right. I mean, Bud Dupree was a, was a terror before he blew out that knee. Yeah, and uh, he was he's developing faster than Bud did. Yes, because early Bud on. Yes. Uh, uh, took the long way around. Right, and uh, uh, Alex Highsmith doesn't right. take the but long way around. You know what Missy was talking about was key. You think about it. Ryan Shazier was a unicorn as well. How do you replace a unicorn with a unicorn with? You know, another. I mean, it's that's extremely difficult. Those guys have physical attributes that are so hard to to find out there. You don't find those guys walking down the boulevard of the Allies. Well, look how long it took from Ryan Shazier's injury to getting Devin Bush, and they traded up ten spots to get him. Right. You know, they signed. Exactly so. I can't remember who was before Mark Bear, and there were several guys that you know they tried to put in that place and. You know, Devin, finally, we saw what he did his rookie year, and then unfortunately I think it was the fifth or sixth game this year when he had that injury, and you're stinks. You know, you go back and you think of all the little things, and, Billy, you mentioned the run game. You know, how many times did we say, well, they're winning. You know, the run game's not there, but they don't need it. And then you realize maybe they did. And I also think um, at one point in the season when we were 11-0, and 
we yeah. were up pretty close to nine or ten, uh, you know, plus turnover takeaway. Yeah. And the, the last few games, it's not been there, including last night. What did we lose it? Minus five? I think, you know. I th- and that doesn't count the, the snap. So, you know, I, I really think that uh, – and I, I saw it earlier in the season where th- the top five turnover takeaway teams were all AFC teams. And I said, well, there you go. The AFC is much better than the NFC as a conference because of turnover takeaway. Well, we had, what, five, four interceptions in the snap, so you've got at least minus five there. Mm-hmm. Well, heading into the turnover chart, heading into wildcard weekend, Tennessee was number one at their, their turnover differential was 11, Colts was 10, we were nine with the Saints, the Dolphins, the Bucks were at eight. Um, but yeah, you're right. We used to always be one, maybe two on a, a bad week. And, you know, when you look at the numbers, defensive interceptions, 18 fumbles, nine. So for takeaways, 27, 11 interceptions, seven fumbles lost, you know, the giveaways was 18. And I just think that number just kept getting higher and higher as the, the season wore on. And it is, in my opinion, the most telling number on the stat page. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's huge. Well, you could go with Dick LeBeau, though. He always says that points scored against you is the most important number for him. <laughs> That's the way he would think. Of course. <laughs> Hard to win if you don't have points. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. Well, unfortunately, that is going to be a wrap on the 2020 season for all of us here at the point after. It's for Bill Hill Grove, Tunch Ilkin, Craig Wolfley. Thanks, guys. It has been fun. I'm glad we finally got our pizza on our last night. To our producer, Tom, thanks for putting up with us all season. Reagan, thanks for the pizza. Uh, hope to be back next year, and uh, we will we will see what this crazy offseason will bring. So everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and that's going to do it. Thanks for joining us.